June 24th, 2019, this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, talking about Monday Night Raw, a Raw with a big surprise. If you don't want to be spoiled, go watch Raw right now or watch the highlights online, then come back and listen to this. With me, as always, Mr. Raj Geary. Mr. Matt Morgan is away on business. Raj, uh, The Undertaker showed up tonight. What, what do you make of that? Uh, that was a big surprise. Uh, there hadn't been any talk that I've heard or any rumors about it, so uh, that was, you know... Yeah, under he's you know he's old, 52, 53, uh, somewhere in there. Uh, uh, my guess is he would just was really disappointed with that match with Goldberg and probably wanted to get back in the ring as soon as possible to kind of erase that memory. Um, but yeah, man, I thought it was a good surprise. Um, you know, any anytime Undertaker's there, it's it's a huge pop and a, and the crowd goes wild. So you know, he's in a tag match. Roman could do most of the work. Um, so I, I think uh, I think it it was good. I'm telling you, the more I think about it, and the fact Bray Wyatt did not show up tonight, I think that could actually be happening. What we've been talking about on this podcast, our fantasy scenario for Bray's uh, return to in-ring action, I think the Undertaker makes a world of sense. And the fact they had him tonight and no Bray makes me think maybe it's headed that way to have Bray appear at Extreme Rules. I think you know Undertaker has beaten so many guys. He's he's got so much equity in him. Uh, he hasn't really built a young star. Uh, you know, there hasn't been a young guy that's gotten the better of him. Like, you know, like the big show Braun Strowman got the better of him at the end and it really helped Braun Strowman get to the next level. I feel like Undertaker needs to pass that on. He kind of did to Roman, but Roman was already there. Uh, but to do that to someone like Bray, I think would really take Bray to the next level. Bray, you know, there's a ton of interest in him. I hope they don't screw this gimmick up. You know, Firefly Funhouse, they taped up eight episodes or eight, eight vignettes. All of them have aired. So those are all done right now. So now it's just when they make his debut and they're kind of hinting at it tonight. You had, you saw buzzard at one point in the background during a Kofi Kingston segment, you saw sister Abigail, sister Abigail in the Miz segment. Uh, you didn't see the rabbit or maybe you we did with it. Kofi, Kofi, uh, someone tweeted me a screenshot of that. There's the rabbit too. Uh, there was one with the rabbit or no, it wasn't Kofi. It was, um, the AJ gals and Anderson segment. Oh, okay. So I, I missed that, but, um, well, you know, what's interesting. Do you remember, and again, this this was rumor, but when Bray's son was born, remember that week on Raw where they had the different Firefly Funhouse promo, the one that just looked really generic. Um, it had quick shots of some other stuff. Um, I, I tell you, I think they may have called an audible on this. I think that Undertaker might want to wrestle Bray Wyatt as in light of what happened in Saudi Arabia, and now they're going to delay his return a little bit more. Well, the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse segments were all filmed m months ago. All eight were filmed. Were, I See, I was under the impression there were two batches filmed. I don't know why that I believe um, someone who worked on them didn't ask me anything off to look into that. But you could be right. And based on Nick's interview with the guy that worked on, on it as well, it could have all been in one batch. But I could have sworn I read somewhere they did two batches. Maybe. Uh, I thought it was one. But regardless, it was eight episodes, you know, eight 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 vignettes. And, and they're all out there. But um. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's the way to go. I doubt they'll do it. Um, you know, Vince has this thing with Taker where unless he sees someone like Roman or someone else, he's probably not getting beat by anyone else. Well, let's talk about this a second. Next week, 4th of July week, holiday weeks are very uh, slow, usually on WWE programming. I don't think they bring Bray back next week. That would seem like a mistake. Uh, the week after is the go-home show for Extreme Rules, and then it's here. 
Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense to me. If if he's not back tonight, I mean, he obviously he wasn't back tonight since he wasn't back tonight, and uh, he's yeah, if he's not going to be back next week, it doesn't make sh- sense for him to be on the go home show unless they're booking him in a squash match. So yeah, the week after Extreme Rules makes sense, and they could still drop the hints throughout the show like they did tonight. Mm-hmm. Very subtle. I'm sure most people probably missed it, but uh, you know they could make it a little more obvious as the weeks progress. But um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people were asking about it. Well, I'm staking this prediction right now that if Roman and Taker versus Drew and Shane goes on last at Extreme Rules, I think uh, Bray Wyatt as the Fiend interferes in that match. Hmm. I mean, Extreme Rules would be a cool place for him to debut. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you know, re-debut, whatever you want to call it. Debut this character. Um, and we'll see. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious what plans they have because the Firefly Funhouse segments have been unlike anything I've seen ever. You know, like they've been so creative, uh, so interesting. They've been the, the most interesting thing on Raw in years. Um, so... Uh, I hope they can continue that. I hope they have a plan in that vein uh, for when he, you know, is wrestling in the ring and is a character in the ring. Yeah. I'm excited about it, man. Now tonight's raw moved pretty fast. We saw the effects of no wrestling during commercial breaks. So the matches either were over in one segment or they came up with a reason to pause the action. Right. I wonder how long they can continue doing that. Uh, You know, every week sending people to the back or, um, you know, I, I, I just wonder how long they can keep it up. But I thought tonight's Raw was much faster paced than usual. I thought it was the fastest pace Raw in a long time. It doesn't mean like the storytelling was the best or anything like that. I just mean as far as pacing goes, it was very, it was very fast paced. It, it moved pretty quickly. Three hours is still too long. In the third hour, I did find myself kind of just being like, all right, let's get to AJ and Ricochet. Yeah. But um, I, I thought the, sh- the show moved pretty well. Still a uh, light, light on story. Yep. That's been, that's been the big issue, right? The stories and characters. And uh, that's, that's still the issue. And, and the world title feuds, you know, here we go again with, uh, and we're going to get into it more uh, later, but Seth and, and Becky against Lacey and Baron Corbin, they've beaten them. You know, Seth has beaten Corbin and La- Becky has beaten Lacey twice already. Uh, Samoa Joe has not won a match on TV in months and he's being thrust into the world title picture. And I'm all for Samoa Joe being in the world title picture. I think he deserves it, but build him up first, get him back to being credible, make him look like a monster before being back in the world title picture. This is why people don't get excited about world title matches and they don't mean anything anymore as far as drawing and, and, you know, generating interest. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Samoa Joe great for fans, great for the internet wrestling community putting Samoa Joe in the universal or probably the world heavyweight title picture against Kofi Kingston. But I don't know that's going to get people to tune in to SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, it's something to maybe if it's just for extreme rules as a throwaway pay-per-view, they just need filler matches. You know, that's what it is. But I feel like they could do more with Joe. Joe's kind of a killer. I think they could build him up again. He's got that credibility. He had that feud with Brock. That was very credible. So, yeah. um, you great, know, great yeah. match. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of SmackDown and the separate brands, did you hear the word or the words wild card uttered tonight? Uh, someone, because tw- I, I asked that and someone tweeted saying that they did when Kofi came out. They said one of the wild cards. But yeah, I think <laughs> uh, 
yeah, people pointing out that Samoa Joe is on the Raw brand, choking out Kofi, who's on SmackDown. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, what does what does wild card rule mean anymore? Because there was way more than four people here this week. One week it was nine. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, the WWE has completely dropped it. The brands are pretty much you know interchangeable right now as far as TV goes, and they're keeping them separate for live events for the time being. I wanted it. Uh, they've never had the wrestler say it, but I wanted it to be like that. It's always sunny in Philadelphia episode, and every wrestler when they cross brands yells out "Wild Card" when they make their entrance. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it'd be something. Um, but no, I think them not referencing it as much means that the brand split just continues to die and die and die. Uh, anyhow, we're gonna get into tackling Raw segment by segment, but first, want to thank the sponsor of this episode, which is Seat Geek. Oh man, do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's like they're trying to challenge you. They're saying to you, hey fan, how bad do you want to go see this? Uh, Raj, we heard the stories about people trying to buy tickets for all out, having multiple devices open, waiting in this long line, sitting there trying to figure out, are they going to get in? Are they not going to get in? And then sometimes you're on a ticketing website, you go through all this and you realize they don't even have the events that you want to buy tickets for. It's terrible. So how easy would it be? If there was a ticketing site, a ticketing app that actually cared and actually wanted to make the experience great for you. Well, the great news is SeatGeek. SeatGeek has sold millions, millions, hundreds of millions probably at this point of live event tickets. They have a price match guarantee. They have proven there's a better way. You could search sports, live music, comedy, theater, wrestling, and more. They've got the tickets you're looking for all in one place in an industry that tends to stagnate and tends to just make the process as painful as possible. SeatGeek stands out from the crowd. Now, why is it better? I'll tell you, they pull in millions of tickets from all over the web and they rate each deal on a scale of one to 10. So with each seat, you could say, hey, is this a good value? Is this a good bang for my buck? Should I be sitting here or should I wait for something better? They break down the details. Green dots mean good deals, red dots are overpriced and every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you could shop for those tickets with confidence. You're gonna get in. I've used SeatGeek, I've had the app on my phone. Raj, you've used it. You've seen uh, Bon Jovi, Lady Gaga, the Broncos. You've been to a lot of events with SeatGeek. Used it tonight. My wife used it to get us uh, tickets to Dave Chappelle and John Stewart at Red Rocks coming up in August. So nice. uh, yeah, it's our go-to now. We I used to like skip events in the past just because the, the thought of looking for tickets was just dreadful and just having to go through that whole process. And SeatGeek has made it so easy that we just go to it immediately. Uh, you know, I don't even, I don't get discounts or anything with it anymore. I just go to it and, uh, and yeah, it's my go-to and it works. It's easy. And, uh, it just makes it, it just makes it simple. And that's the thing. When you think about the time that you have to take going through the traditional way, SeatGeek is so, so worth it just to have that right there with all out tickets, everybody's stressing, everybody's saying, Oh, I don't know. You know what? I'm just going to Chicago and I'm going to get my seats on SeatGeek. It's going to get me into the show. Worked to get me into Double or Nothing. It's been great. I uh, saw so many shows in Vegas due to SeatGeek. Seen so many shows in San Francisco. I uh, went and saw Gwen Stefani. Went and saw Bananarama. Been to lots of theater. Went and saw Hamilton on Broadway thanks to SeatGeek. It is so, so easy. Absolutely love it. And I love knowing that there is that guarantee that the tickets, I could be confident I'm going to get in and the seats are going to be great. I'm going to get exactly what I paid for and more. And we've got a great deal for our audience. You're going to get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. How do you do this? Download the SeatGeek app. Use the promo code INC for $10 off your first purchase. That is promo code INC to save $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. And we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. So tonight, as announced... We opened with Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch 
having a little bit of a celebration in the ring, a little bit of banter now that their relationship has really been brought to the forefront of WWE programming, especially last night at Stomping Grounds. And they were interrupted by uh, Lacey Evans. Well, Baron Corbin's music hit, Lacey Evans attacked. And then there was a little four-way promo that happened there. Uh, setting up this match that's going to happen at Extreme Rules. Well, it, first off, I think, Seth, it's not good when your wrestlers are pointing out the ridiculousness of this, when they're saying, like, hey, Baron, you've lost. Hey, Lacey, you've lost. Uh, but sure, we'll accept whatever stipulation you have for us in this mixed match, this mixed tag match at Extreme Rules. Baron uh, said it's going to be for the titles, for the women's title, for the universal title. And uh, Seth had already agreed to it. So it looks like that's going to be happening at Extreme Rules, putting both the main uh, men's belt and women's belt in the same match. What do you think of this, Raj? Um, I mean, the stip makes it, I guess, mean meaningful as opposed to just a straight-up tag match. But I don't care. I don't care to see these guys wrestle again. I don't care to see Seth and Baron or Lacey and, and Becky at this point. Um, yeah, I'm just done with these feuds. There's nothing that makes me want to see this match. Um, and, and you know who's going to win. You know they're not going to put the titles on Baron and, and Lacey. So. Oh, but if they did, could you imagine the heat, the booze? People would, people would be like a prison riot. They'd light their garbage on fire and throw it in the ring. It, it would get a lot of heat. I think uh, it would turn a lot of people off, and they don't need to be turning off people at this point. Well, especially tonight, this opening segment, Seth who, man? He's Becky's boyfriend. Like, Becky is so over even compared to him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 we, we talked about this last night. I'm not a big fan of them being googly eyed and, you know, ogling each other on TV. I just feel like it takes the edge off of both of them. You know, one week you have Seth attacking everybody with a chair, almost like a, a stone cold type of character. And, and now, um, you know, Doing this, it just comes across. They look like eighth graders, you know, with uh, who have a crush on each other. So, and, and I don't mean they're like that in real life. I just mean on television. So, eh, I, I, as soon as we get done with this, I think it'd be better for all parties involved. Yeah, at this point, it's a risk, right? Because you have Becky again, who's so massively over Seth, who defeated Brock Lesnar who's got the Universal Championship. These are your stars. Brock Lesnar, not on regular TV. They've uh, lost some faith in Braun Strowman. He's not in the title picture. They've got Seth main eventing pay-per-views against Baron Corbin, of all people. And now they want to just say, you know what? Peanut butter and chocolate. Let's put them together. Everyone's going to love it. I think it maybe detracts a little bit from their individual value to have them together. Yeah, I mean, but at the same point, uh, at the same yeah, at the same point, who else is there for Becky right now? There's like no one really uh, ready for, you know, to be in that picture right now. So it, it fills in that gap and hopefully they can come up with, a, a, you know, a, they can start building a new contender for Becky for once Extreme Rules is over. And same for Seth. He needs to move on from Corbin. Corbin's been, uh, you know, an albatross on him the last couple months. I think Lacey can make Corbin better. I think this if is actually going to benefit them. And if they start really getting over and come across as a main event act, then do something with them. But right now they're not. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and he was flirting with her a bit at the end there. She didn't seem repulsed by it. Who knows what direction this storyline will go in? Mm -hmm. We know the direction it'll go in. <sighs> it's going to be awkward, but maybe it'll be great at the same time. Um, after that, 
this is where I started to worry. We had an eight man tag team elimination match with Daniel Bryan and Rowan ver- and the revival versus the new day and the Usos. Now, what did they do with this? Uh, they did one segment. There were eliminations and uh, then they switched it to the Usos um, versus the revival. Uh, right. It was a two on two match for the second half. Yeah. Um, and Daniel Bryan was the first one pinned in this match, which is kind of how WWE used to, usually does stuff, you know, jobbing a guy out in his hometown. Um, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, they did an elimination so that way they could have a fall uh, and then go to commercial and then, you know, finish the match up. But they had two falls, then went to commercial and, mm. and then finished it up. But uh, so it was, it was the new day Xavier pinning Daniel Bryan first. And then one of the revival pinning Xavier, and then they went to a break and then they came back. And then the Usos and the revival, I thought had a really good match, uh, a really good short match and the, which the Usos won. Yeah. It seems weird to me. I know Big E is just coming back from injury, but I feel like he is not seeming as dominant in these matches. If you look at this, their match last night, right? I mean, he's not coming in there as the powerhouse. Well, they're not giving him, I mean, I, th- I thought I thought he was. I thought he was doing his normal stuff. I just feel like when he came back, I would like to have seen him build his comeback more and uh, just do more with him. He's just kind of in the same spot he's been in for years. And he's he's a hell of a talent. I'd like to see them do more with him. Got to bring back the five count. Do something. Yeah. Oh, the early days of NXT. Um, after that, let me open my notes. Oh, uh, we saw the Miz walking backstage. We did see Abby the Witch in the background. That one was pretty obvious. That was the most obvious uh, of the Firefly Funhouse cameos. I, I had actually missed that. Uh, Mark had sent sent it to me, and I, and I was like, "Why are you sending this to me?" It's a you know, <laughs> it's what, what am I missing here? Yeah, it's a, the Miz looking at his phone, and he's like, "Oh, the, <laughs> the witch is in the background." I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, you're right." <laughs> Uh, Miz brought out our truth and Carmella talk about the 24 seven title chase. Uh, this was funny. Drake Maverick interrupted, talked about how miserable his life has been since his wedding and losing the 24 seven title. There was a good consummate constipate joke in there. And, uh, yeah. What did you, what did you think of this? Eh, it wasn't, it wasn't my thing. I, I like our truth and, and, in, in doses. I think he's, you know, I think he's really talented. He's, and I think he's been keeping this 24 seven thing going. Uh, it kind of sucks when he's not in that picture, but um, uh, I don't know. I thought these jokes were kind of lame. I mean, it's a shtick, right? I mean, even calling uh, Drake Maverick Hornswoggle, all of the stuff that he does. And then we got the 24-7 title match, Drake Maverick versus R-Truth. Uh, yeah, this was very, very quick, very fast with R-Truth retaining there. Um, and after that, of course, he got chased out of there by a group of superstars. You know, the 24-7 title is so over right now. Are you a little surprised they haven't tried to put guys like Miz in those segments or use some upper uh, card talent? No, because that's <laughs> that's a career killer. To be the guy ch- running around chasing our truth, That's uh, that kind of shows where you're slotted. And I feel bad for Mojo that he's kind of, you know, been relegated to that. Hey, Elias has held that title. So it can't be all that bad. But he, he, it was a quick, you know, it, it's not like he's on there every week. He's one of the same guys that's running around chasing him. You know, yeah. it was just a, a, a quick little cute thing that they did during the show one, one week. Um, 
after that, we got the two-on-one handicap match, Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Now, this uh, they stipulated not a two-on-one tag match, but they were both just going to be able to be in the ring at the same time with Roman. Roman took Shane out originally for a bit, had some action with Drew. Shane got back into it. And uh, then this pretty much went until they were just both kicking the crap out of Roman, really piling it on him. Lights go out, gong hits, come back on, and Undertaker was there. How shocked were you at this return? I was, I mean, I was very shocked because, uh, yeah, again, like I, we said at the start of the show, I did not see this coming. I had not heard any rumors of it. It was completely unexpected. Uh, cool surprise. Uh, I know a lot of people probably feel like it comes out of nowhere. You know, Undertaker does have his history with Shane, him and Roman. You could say that he's, you know, the, the announcer should be explaining this more. But, you know, <laughs> why would he be there? And, you know, maybe they'll explain it more next week. Knowing WWE, they probably won't, but maybe they will. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a cool moment, and uh, it it helps Undertaker kind of get rid of the the stigma of that Goldberg match because they he you know they got a lot of shit for that match, and you know a lot of it. I, I felt bad for the guys because Goldberg was concussed early in the match, so you know I don't know how many people could have had a great match you know with Undertaker uh, when you get concussed a couple of minutes in. I wonder if Taker prepped for this a bit, maybe cut some carbs or something the last couple of weeks. He looked better tonight than he looked in Saudi Arabia, I thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think this whole thing happened pretty recently because up until like a week or two ago, the plan was to have Shane and Drew against Roman at Extreme Rules in a handicap match. And then it was moved to tonight and, and this is this is why telling you and then, then it makes sense because they were out of the firefly funhouse vignettes and they were like we've got to do something with brain no we need to hold them we'll put abby in the background i'm telling you i don't want to get my hopes up too much but this could absolutely be happening this could absolutely be the plan i don't see it i'm going to be so disappointed by what the actual reality of this is i think it's just gonna be roman and taker beating them <laughs> yeah they beat shane and drew and then uh but who does Bray Wyatt come back and go against? Maybe nobody at first. Maybe he's just cutting, <laughs> you know, maybe he's just cutting promos for a while. Because that was what made Bray Wyatt awesome before. Come on. Like, he's yeah. go out there and do, but no, but the Rams. It did it at the beginning. It, the it, it's once he did, was doing every week for years that it got old. If they're like Firefly Funhouse promos, but that requires some editing. That requires some set design. Him just with no. the mic out there, you don't think it's going to be the same rock and share? We'll have to see what they come up with, you know? I uh, it's clear that they have something planned with this whole gimmick. I mean, the, the, the vignettes have been, you know, very meticulous and, and, and very creative. So I'm sure that they didn't put all that work into those vignettes and then have no idea where to take him from here. I don't know. Emelina did happen. I don't think he debacle. should just all of a sudden get into a feud with somebody. Yeah. I, I think it should build to that. We shall see. Uh, we got a backstage. Actually, no, before that, we got a tug of war. Why, why must we talk about this? Why did this happen? It's like they're at summer camp. Next week, three-legged race. Bring me in Leo Rush and Nicholas. Uh, it was basically a replay of the arm wrestling thing. It was almost the exact same thing. Braun beat him. Uh, Braun beat Lashley in a tug-of-war. Then Lashley attacked Braun. They fought for a little bit outside, and Lashley got the better of him. Why? Why, why are they doing this? That's their way to build Lashley and Braun. I mean, that's this... their feud right now. Does this make you want to see them? Well, it's something. I mean, you're not going to want to see every match on a show, but it's something. I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that are interested in seeing. I mean, those are the two, you know, biggest freaks of nature on Raw, or probably well, I mean, in the company. 
now that Lars Sullivan is, is injured, sure. Right, right yeah. Uh, um, but no promos, no story. Just yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, we've been saying this forever. The WWE with their storytelling has been lacking. There has not been an engrossing story in in forever. I'm gonna predict right now next week Fourth of July hot dog eating contest. Yeah, there's gonna be something like that. Yeah. Is next Tuesday, Thursday's the fourth, but it's the, the yeah. it's the week. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. week of. So backstage, AJ Gallows and Anderson getting into it. Not harmonious. What do you think this is leading to? I just think it's ultimately leading to Gallows and Anderson leaving. I think they're just <laughs> kind of they're just kind of burying them on the way out. Yeah, so AJ uh, saw them hanging out with No Way Jose and was like, hey guys, where's the Gallows and Anderson I met in Japan? Um, and they're going to Japan later this week. They're teaming together with Triple H. Uh, as people pointed out online, it makes no sense. It would be cool if they turned on AJ and Finn Balor was there. Like, he got involved in this. But yeah, it's not going to be televised. So right. I think you're right. I don't think they're investing in a build towards anything right now. Yeah, it's just a way for Triple H to look cool in Japan and the, and the fans to be, you know... To to get on the, the side of the internet wrestling fans in Japan. Yeah. Uh, so we got the Viking Raiders versus Gallows and Anderson. And the Viking Raiders picked up a win. It was uh, an okay match. I actually thought for a second this was a little bit of a relaunch of Gallows and Anderson. Maybe they were going to get the win. So I was genuinely surprised by the outcome of this match. Oh, uh, why, why were you surprised? Because I thought AJ talking to Gallows and Anderson was actually like, oh, now they're actually kind of pushing Gallows and Anderson a little bit. Yeah, we saw this uh, last week. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he talked to them last week and they got beaten two minutes. So, yeah, I totally expected uh, Viking Raiders to get the win here. And I'm sure we'll keep seeing this for a while. And then either AJ, maybe they turn on AJ and AJ beats them both. And, you know, they head on their way. But I think we're going to see this for a little bit. Well, to your point, based on how this ended tonight, I don't think we're getting an AJ Ricochet feud. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't kind of seem like that with them congratulating congratulating each other at the end, holding each other's arms. It, it kind of looked like a one off, but well, we'll see. I mean, why beat your champion the one the night after he won the title? Because it was AJ's first match back. So what? Haven't beat anybody else. I know. I, I agree. <laughs> Ricochet should have won that match. We'll talk about that. Well, I, mean, I don't think he should have be, beaten AJ, but he should have beat somebody. Well, Gals Anderson could have interfered, DQ finish. Something. Something. Uh, but yeah, Ricochet, I mean, they're they're high on him right now, right? All this stuff over social media today. They put the US title on him last night. Clearly, this is his ascent. He's in the main event on Raw, for Christ's sakes. And he gets beat by AJ Styles. I don't think that's the best way to build momentum. Yeah. So Gallus and Anderson, their contracts are ending, you know, expiring September. That's not that long, you know, that, that far away. We're almost at July after extreme rules. We got one more pay-per-view before September. And uh, so, yeah, I think they're, this is just the way they're dealing with Gallus and Anderson on their way out. Yeah. Well, we'll see who do they lose to uh, next week. Backstage, Nikki Cross apologizing to Alexa Bliss for the loss at Stomping Grounds. Nikki taking the blame for it. Um, Natalia Naomi approached Nikki, warned her about Alexa. Alexa walks in, and uh, they set up a match later in the night for Naomi versus Alexa. We'll talk about that. But then we had... Uh... <laughs> okay, it was supposed to be a Mojo Raleigh versus Heath Slater match. Kind of would have liked to have seen that, but instead, 
What? Why? I like Heath Slater. He was okay. over with the crowd. They were chanting, he's got kids. I mean, like, Mojo, whatever. The blue pen thing really, I think, is just jumping the shark uh, with those lines on his face. But Heath, I mean, people still like Heath Slater. Yeah, yeah, no, I like Heath Slater. I think he's an entertaining character. I'd like to see them do more with him. But yeah, I didn't want to see him against Mojo. I thought, and you saw Heath here. <laughs> Heath, Heath, the most awkward guest we've ever had on this podcast because he realized there was a lot he couldn't talk about. Um, <laughs> and plus he couldn't get the, the hangouts to work. So we had to yeah. hold his phone up to the mic. Yeah, good times. <laughs> Go back and find that episode, uh, listeners of this podcast. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it would have been nice to see, but uh, he did end up for a brief moment in this dog pile uh, cluster F that happened here. He did hold the 24-7 championship before losing it back to R-Truth, who then lost it to Cedric Alexander, who lost it to EC3, who lost it back to R-Truth. See, I think the pre-produced videos they're doing with this are so creative and so much fun that when they just do these in-ring segments like this, this I think is just silly by comparison. I mean... This whole thing is silly, but it's 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 entertaining. I mean, I will say that. I mean, it's it feels like the writers are giving more thought into this than anything else on the show. Um, and uh, you know, people are into it. It's not like you know, people are groaning when the twenty four seven stuff comes out. So um, it's working for now. It's going to get old soon, but it's working for now. I think. If they get rid of our truth, I don't know who else could do as good of a job as he's been doing, kind of holding that segment, that division together. Um, and I think once he goes, the the division goes. You know, I think I actually wouldn't mind, and maybe they'll do some variation on this um, next week for the Fourth of July. Is have a twenty four seven chase go on even more through an episode? I don't think that would necessarily be a bad thing if they could make it creative, make it interesting have it keep interfering in matches, um, do something a little more long form with it. But yeah, it's just these quick hot potatoing thing that where I think it's like, it really means nothing because you don't get to see how's Heath going to react to the situation. You know what I mean? Like you could do creative stuff with each of these guys. If you gave him even 15 minutes with the title, even five minutes. Not really. No one cares about this title. I mean, it was won basically in a game of tag, uh, you know, so <laughs> The title has no credibility. It's not going to, it's just something entertaining. It's a way to get these guys on TV that are never on TV and it gives them some scream time, but um, it's not going to elevate anyone's career. I mean, I, actually well, I'll, I'll take that back. It's, it's helped our truth a little. It's know. helped Drake Maverick a lot. Yeah. It's helped Drake, Drake Maverick. He's been great in those segments, but that's what I'm saying. That's why let EC3 keep it for an episode. So EC3 actually gets to do something. They don't want they, but they don't want EC3 don't to want do something. That. I mean, it, this is all by design. It's not like they're sitting back wondering what we can do with EC3. They're, they're like, how can we keep him down? They're pissed. <laughs> they, I mean, when you think about it, just being pissed at him over that Dean Ambrose match and, and not being able to and you know, the fans turning on EC3 and going with Ambrose, which, I mean, he was, I don't know who could have made that work and EC3 got punished for it and is still getting punished for it. We need uh, Justin Labar here for his Vince McMahon impersonation of how can we keep these guys down? What can did, we do to ruin his life? Right. Did you see, you, did you see what EC3 tweeted the other day? Yeah. About uh, John Cena's tweeted something about dreams and yeah. Oh, what was it? What was the exact quote? But basically saying he's in a nightmare. Yeah. So John Cena, let me find it here. Um, John Cena tweeted. 
So for first last week, EC3 tweeted, every time I make you laugh, I suffer more inside. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, another point, John Cena had tweeted, oh, gosh, where is this? Uh, uh, yeah, keep talking. I'll, I'll find it. Can you imagine what, what do we got two years till EC3's exit interview? Cause they're probably not going to release him before his contract's up. But could you imagine how great that interview is going to be when he leaves the company? <laughs> we'll see. I mean, things could change. Uh, there was a point in time when they were bearing Triple H. Now, when they were bearing Triple H, the idea was always it, it was as a as a punishment for a certain amount of time for the curtain call back in, I believe, it was 96. Um, and then, you know, he ended up getting a big push after that. So, you know, a lot of times when they bury you, they'll end up bringing it back. But we'll see. So, yeah, the, the tweet from John Cena, he, he wrote, never stop dreaming. Chasing those dreams requires an incredible amount of work. Never give up. And EC3 replied that dreams become nightmares. <laughs> Not very subtle <laughs> with how he feels about his current uh, his current position with the company. Yeah, and I'm sure that's what Triple H tells him all the time is a little pep talk to EC3. You know, they punished me for a long time. Yeah, people are bringing up the Stephanie thing. Stephanie wasn't for years later, guys. Yeah. <sighs> Kofi Kingston versus Sami Zayn with Kevin Owens in tow. They uh, exchanged words. There were some uh, kind of heated there. This was a little, little more um, bite to it, I think, than a lot of the promos. Did you think the pancake thing just gets worse and worse the more Kofi's doing this as champ? Yes. Yeah. He needs so to stop silly. doing it. So he, silly. Yeah. When, you, when you're thinking of a top guy, the main guy, um, Conor McGregor was out there throwing pancakes. I, you know, it'd be the same thing. It, it would just be like, what, what are you doing? Um, it works when you're a mid card act and you're just trying to entertain, but when you're a top guy and you want to be taken seriously as a top guy, you need to drop that. And I, you know, I want, I want Kofi to succeed. Like we keep talking about it all the time. And I'm glad that they haven't beaten him yet. Even in a non-title match, they've been protecting him. So on that area, it, on that front, it's been good. They just need to get him a top level heel that he can go over against, you know, have a hot feud with that he can go over to kind of establish him as a, as a top guy. And then also drop some of the comedic stuff for now. Not totally, you know, he can still be friends with the new day, you know, you know, they, they, they're in backstage segments every once in a while, but kind of disassociate with them for the most part a little bit and establish, you know, more of a singles uh, character. I think he, there's a good angle there. I mean, his real life motivation, his real life story, his family. I mean, there's so much there that I think makes Kofi a dynamic and interesting individual. And I feel like with the pancake thing, it's just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little absurd that that's what they would emphasize over the actual man himself. Yeah. And it's just been going on forever. It's not like, uh, what not were they new. doing before the pancakes? Was it? Bootios. Bootios. Yeah. It, it's run its course a while ago, but they're they're still going with it. And I think when, they had ice when cream he's the champion, between. there was ice cream right. in between. Right. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, we're also going into another B show, so they're not going to do anything big until until after Extreme Rules. Once we're heading into SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, so this tonight, he beat. Sami Zayn, and then Kevin Owens challenged him, and Kevin Owens uh, lost by countout. 
Yeah. So again, they didn't beat Kofi. They protected Kevin a little bit by him not getting pinned. Yeah, and that was good. Uh, now, then, uh, there was advertising for Extreme Rules that had mm-hmm. Kofi versus Ziggler versus Kevin Owens in a triple threat match. Uh, but it looks like that changed, you know, with what you're going to get into here. Yeah, so Samoa Joe attacked Kofi on the ramp, uh, Coquina Clutch and everything. I mean, it was vicious. It was good. It seems to me like Samoa Joe versus Kofi is the new feud for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, yeah, that, that's clearly the way they're going. So... Uh, you know, again, um, I, I, we talked about this. Oh, I, I was on Ryback's podcast. Uh, so if you check out Ryback TV on YouTube, you'll hear our uh, Stomping Grounds review. And uh, we were talking about Samoa Joe and how he's just, you know, he can, he's just a killer. And he, if you push him right and you, you know, you put him in, you book him right and they're in the right storylines, you can get a lot out of him. And uh, so I'm all for him being in the world title feud, but not yet. Not after he just lost clean to an inferior title. He lost a, a you know a secondary title the night before, and now he's being put in a world title feud. Uh, it just makes no sense to me. And again, what I said earlier, it's just why the world title matches aren't seen as big deals right now. Yeah, have Samojo and- get some big wins, get get him on a hot run, and then have him choke out Kofi and and, and go you know go into that feud. But part of this is, the, is the, again, what we talked about earlier, the stacking of this. Next week really doesn't count being a holiday week. A lot of people are going to be traveling. Viewership is probably going to take a little bit of a hit. So they've got tonight and they've got the eighth to build extreme rules. I think next week counts. When it's not, because the fourth is later in the week, you're not going to have as much traveling. I'm sure the ratings will be down a little bit, but not much. Not as much as if it was on the fourth or on the third. So uh, I don't think we're going to see an off week next week. Well, there'll definitely be a barbecue segment backstage. For sure. I mean, you'll, you know, will be Fourth of July silliness. And sure. the 24-7 title will be involved. I don't want to spoil this. I'm just predicting right now, potato salad and the 24-7 championship will somehow meet a conclusion. They will collide with one another. It's a good call. Yeah. We've been doing this too goddamn long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's really. Cool. It's really been too long. It has been a while. <laughs> so predictable what they do on these holiday episodes. Um, oh, man, if Gallus and Anderson leave in September, they're not going to get to be in the Halloween trick or, trick or uh, treat fight they're this not, year. Yeah, they're not going to get a pumpkin on their head. <sighs> Maybe they could sign an extension. Just no, it'll probably be easy three. Yeah, yeah. Um, Naomi versus Alexa Bliss. So this happened. Uh, Nikki came out, interfered. And then uh, Naomi actually connected on Nikki. They brought it back. Bliss won quickly here. After that, she attacked Naomi, brought Cross in. Um, yeah, this got turned into a tag match. Oh, Natalia came out after the com- or uh, right before the commercial. Natalia, Naomi versus Nikki Cross and Alexa. This is really confusing how they're doing all of this to keep these matches extending past commercial breaks. All right. Yeah, there was a lot going on here. Uh, so in the tag match, Alexa and Nikki won as well. Um, Alexa pinned Natalia. Yeah. So do you think they're going to keep it as sort of a tag feud at this point? Or do you think Alexa is going to get a rematch with Bailey? Where, where do you think they're going with I think uh, they're going with Alexa and Bailey, I'm pretty sure. I mean, she was talking about having a plan to get a rematch with Bailey. So if they were moving on with that, I don't think they'd even you know bring that up. So I think that's where they're going. I think, you know, we're pretty much heading into almost all rematches except for Kofi. Well, uh, I'll tell you, Extreme Rules, 
Bailey versus Alexa, maybe they'll do that kendo stick on a pole thing like maybe. they did. <laughs> the one that buried Bailey the first time. Oh, that was so bad. That was yeah. so terrible. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you let Bailey get the win this time, kind of avenge that loss that kind of, you know, really uh, stalled her career. Uh, <laughs> you know, it'd be poetic justice, I guess. Yeah, it absolutely would be. Uh, I mean, I'm glad the women are getting more time. Uh, speaking of the women's division, did you see the, what they showed that promo that Dana Brooke cut that was not shown on TV? I did not, no. She was talking about the eye in injury, wearing it as a badge of honor. She's been doing the show us your flex or show your flex segment um, with the crowd. It gets kind of like minor crowd participation, which is why I think they shouldn't show it on TV yet until it gets over with the live crowds. Uh, but her promo was good. She was just talking about the injury. I mean, I feel like Dana, they they keep giving her something. I feel like it could turn into something more. She got busted open as all, all that happened. And yeah. she's resting a week later. So, you know, um, it, was, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> You ever had your eye busted open, Raj? Can you really speak? If, if you could wrestle, if you could wrestle the next week, it's not that bad. That's true. Although, you know, according to CM Punk, I mean, these guys ask your friend Ryback, they're just really pressured, you know, and to get back out there. There you go. Well, yeah, uh, they, they need people on main event. And she was working. Right. She worked main event tonight. Yeah. Uh, beating Sarah Logan. That's right. Um, yeah. The women's division kind of in flux right now, it feels like, especially with Becky in this feud with Seth. Yeah, I think I think they could be doing more with Dana on the main roster. I think people have a tendency to like her. She has a likability to her. Um, yeah, I think they should do more with her on the main roster um, as opposed to relegating her to main event. And for people asking, that promo is on WWE's Twitter account. So I'm sure it's going to be on their YouTube as well with Dana talking to the crowd. Um, yeah, the it'll be up on Wrestling Inc. soon. Cool. And the main event tonight, Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Now, people were predicting, people were saying maybe Bray shows up tonight. So glad he didn't. There was like 25 minutes to go when this match started. So how did they extend it a little bit? They had Gals and Anderson come out, and AJ had words with them. Asked them to leave. Yeah. And then we went to commercial. Came back, and then we got Ricochet versus AJ. Uh, pretty good match, I thought. Yeah, especially the second half uh, after Gallows and Anderson left. I thought it was. I thought it was solid. I thought it was a really good match. Uh, AJ look, didn't look like he was just coming off of an injury. He looked great. Uh, Ricochet looked awesome. Uh, I mean, this is in a lot of ways a dream match. And yeah, if you put real stakes on it, if you make it an actual U.S. title match, I mean, it could be something. I mean, if they did that at Extreme Rules for the U.S. title, I mean, that to me is probably one of the most anticipated matches on the card. I don't know, man. Though, but to have it end with AJ winning and then raising Ricochet's hand. And like nobody kicked each other in the nuts. I don't yeah. think this feud is happening. Might not, but why haven't beat the U.S. champion if it's I not? I agree. Yeah, so we'll see. And why have Gallows and Anderson out there at the beginning and not come back out at the end? Well, you know, once they're kicked out, you know, once they're kicked out, they're kicked out. Yeah, that's how it works. Well, I mean, they, they, it's clear they don't want to turn them heel right now. So if they came back, that'd be turning them heel. Yeah. No, but I mean, they could have uh, interrupted just beat up both of them. Yeah, that would have turned him heel. Oh, Gals and Anderson? Yeah. Aren't they? Kinda? I mean, they've never really yeah, been. They're just kind of losers pieces. right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it sucks. I mean, I, I I love them, but that's just the reality of the situation is WWE, uh, you know, wants to kind of bury them on the way out. Yeah. I mean, I've never thought they were good guys. I've never thought they were baby faces. Oh, they, were for a, they were for a while. They were for a while. Yeah. 
they're doing the doctor gimmick and and no, uh, that was when they were calling everyone nerds. Like that's not a baby face. But movie. after that, they once they after that they kind of became baby faces. Huh. I have no recollection of this. It's all a blur, Rosh. Yeah. It's all, it's all a blur. I remember the Festival of Friendship. I remember Bailey, this is your life. Uh, I remember Bray wearing that weird veil when he was going to be Sister Abigail, and then he got the mumps. I, I was always curious about what they, where they were going to go with that. I'm kind of sad that they never went back to it. Yeah, but that's kind of like a morbid curiosity, right? Like sort of like I wanted to see what they were going to do, not because it was going to be good, but because we knew it was going to be a fascinating train wreck. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so tonight, all in all, a faster paced Raw. Yeah. Pretty good Raw, all things considered. Yeah, I wasn't bored. I didn't think, it. you know, uh, there's so many weeks where it's just drags and drags, and I felt like it didn't drag. Uh, the third hour is always a killer. I think if this was a two-hour show, it would have been just, I mean, really easy to watch and fast-paced. And and it had a lot of good action. It ended on a bang with AJ and Ricochet. Um, I mean, we always talk about this. The WWE roster is just so talented right now. They got You just see it. They're, I felt like there were more uh, wrestlers used tonight because – they they had the shorter matches and and you know they were, weren't having the action during the commercial breaks and you just see how much talent they got on their roster and you just want to give you know want to see them start giving these guys real storylines and stuff that they could get their you know that they could sink their teeth into so i don't think that part is actually happening though i think their no, solution is faster paced more matches yeah yeah no absolutely well they're trying but there's as far as a good storyline as far as a long-term storyline with twists and turns and you know they they don't have that right now they haven't had that in a while i'm trying to think what was the last really good storyline where you had the twists and turns and and it, it built for a while and and then took a, a right turn and then a left turn uh, uh stuff with the women's triple threat at wrestlemania had i mean oh but that was bad yeah, but Vince was involved. I mean, it was terrible. Yeah. Like they, they they ruined that storyline with the, you know tried. Becky getting suspended and coming back and then suspended again and she's hobbling around and I didn't the, say it was good. I said it was a storyline. <laughs> right. Yeah. When was the last good one? <laughs> Festival of Friendship. Maybe Daniel Bryan. I don't know. Yeah, Festival of Friendship. Fashion Police. No. With the Usos and the disguises match and all that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I wouldn't say that was an engrossing storyline, uh, but but I was entertained constantly. Right, but I'm talking story. about like a main, you know, something that'll make you pay to see it, like a, a main event storyline, you know, like how Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels back in the day, or uh, you know, I oh Roman and Braun, that's a good one. Roman and Braun was good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not not many others. <laughs> if you're talking about, uh, I mean, man, God, what are we doing with our lives? Why are we paying so much attention to this? There's so much good TV out there. I went and saw two <laughs> movies the other day. It was fantastic. There you go. I was very well, entertained. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wrestling, there's nothing like it. It, it keeps you hooked and you keep hoping <laughs> it, it gets better. And I, you know, again, I thought, I, I felt like, I felt like tonight was a thumbs up. I felt like yeah. last week was a thumbs up. So two in a row, I can't remember the last time I had two thumbs up for Raw in a row. Yeah. No, this this wasn't bad, uh, it, but I think that's the thing. I think it's now in that weird situation where it's like it's been so bad that this was much, much better, but it's still not as good as it could be. Right. Again, you need to work on the storytelling and the characters. Yeah. Until they figure that part out, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have the same issues. 
and then making superstars, making larger than life superstars and really focusing on that and trying to get guys over to trying to make them bigger than the company as opposed to not wanting them to get bigger than the company. Well, I think that ship has sailed. I mean, like we we're saying earlier, like Samoa Joe versus Kofi, internet fan, that's fantastic. Like that's great for us that are hardcore fans, but that's not going to draw any more viewers right now. But if you did yeah. a long-term storyline with, again, you know, with the twists and turns and, uh, and an engrossing storyline, you, it could. Samoa Joe and AJ Styles was, was pretty good with all the Wendy stuff. All that. All right. I mean, again, bar's pretty low. Right. I enjoyed that. You know, yeah. uh, Randy burning down Bray Wyatt's shack. Oh, I thought that was terrible. I thought that Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, and that awful match they had at WrestleMania and then the House of Horrors. I'm talking about like a satisfying where you had the good matches at the end, you know, like a Rock in Austin, you know, Vince in Austin. Yeah. NXT has had a lot yeah. on that yeah. front. Mm-hmm. Not not so much on the main roster. And another writer left, uh, Mr. Bootyworth. Yeah, Mr. Bootyworth. Um, yeah, so he was Mr. Bootyworth in that New Day segment last year. Um, but yeah, he left. He had been with the company for three years. Ryan Alpert uh, is no longer working with WWE Creative. He had mostly been working on NXT and NXT UK in the last year. Oh, wow. And um, so, yeah, so we... We uh, so what I found out was that he he actually quit last week to pursue uh, opportunities outside of wrestling. So um, yeah, another creative departure. Yeah, it's uh, it's got to be tough, man. I mean, the grind these writers go through can I mean they probably have it the hardest of anyone mentally. Yeah, and, and all the blame falls on them because yeah. we know the the talent that the wrestlers have. Oh yeah, so, you and know, it's always the writers that get the blame when it's really Vince. Yeah, and I guarantee you EC3 makes a lot more to sit in catering uh, than the average WWE writer makes who has to really, really bust their ass week in and week out. Yeah, and all their ideas get tossed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's got to be tough. Um, it's kind of a nice segue. Uh, we talk about how great the wrestling action is, and Seth Rollins believes the wrestling action and talent in the WWE best in the world unparalleled and he was lashing out at, on twitter last night at people's reaction to stomping grounds yeah yeah no he was he he said how wwe has the best action in the world uh doubled down on it telling people to watch stomping grounds and then uh will osprey he kind of made an innocent comment just saying hey i'm here and uh let me pull that up and seth just kind of ripped him uh <laughs> ripped him pretty hard he said Ah, I'm sorry, little guy. We already have a better version of you here, and he just won his first U.S. title tonight for any ricochet. Keep working hard, though, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Seth, uh, apparently it just really got to him last night and today, so he just really lashed out. He, he posted another tweet, and uh, he wrote, let's get this here. Uh, someone asked him if, if he should be taking it a little easy, and... Rollins wrote, nah, dog, let me dial it up. I've sat back and watched idiots with no clue talk poorly about the place I dedicate my life to every hour of every day. The level I perform at on constant is untouchable. Time to let him know. So, yeah. It's weird, though, right? Because I feel like maybe the wrestlers, and maybe we don't state this enough. I feel like we always are saying this is a disclaimer on this podcast. I think this is the most talented roster the WWE has ever had. The in-ring action. It depends. It depends. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you look at like t- 
2003, 2004, when you had, uh, you know, you had The Rock and Stone Cold and, you know. I'm talking end- in-ring, in-ring. Yeah, yes, yes. So in it depends. Ring, Star power, not even close. Let's let's in-ring. let's be a little nice here, Raj. You don't need Seth Rollins lashing out at you. I'm saying that. <laughs> but, but, but the long and the short of this is, and I don't, I want the talent to recognize this, our criticisms aren't really with the talent. It's not with the wrestlers. Right. It's with creative. Yeah, you don't see people complaining about the matches. The, my complaint about the matches is they're pretty meaningless. So you're sitting through a you know a 20 minute match that has no stakes and doesn't mean anything a week later, and half the time it ends in a DQ. So yeah, um, yeah. So my complaint about the matches is not the work; it's the booking. I think there's got to be a little bit of drinking the Kool Aid though if you're a WWE wrestler, right? Like you really have to believe. You ha- you always hear them say this. Well, Vince McMahon, say what you will, but the guy. You know, it's made all this money, all this longevity. I mean, they're always putting Vince over. So I think they have to kind of believe in what the WWE is doing as a whole. Well, I'm sure it's frustrating. You know, Seth is on top. Um, The ratings are down. And Ollie, you know, look, most of the stuff you see about WWE on social media is negative. Um, You know, it's it's they haven't been hitting home runs lately. And, And not just negative in terms of, uh, fan reactions, but also in terms of business with ratings down, live event attendance down, uh, just interest and popularity down, you know, they, they had a, a loss in the first quarter. So, um, yeah, just I'm sure that it's got to be frustrating for talent who are out there doing everything that they can within the confines of that system and still just, you know, hearing the constant negativity. So I'm sure it is frustrating, but at the same time, there is a reason why the, the product has been losing popularity. And those uh, until those issues are addressed, it's going to continue that way. Yeah. And we've seen little uh, subtle acts of rebellion, right? Sometimes you'll see wrestlers or even Triple H like liking some tweets that are critical or throwing some shade at WWE booking or creative. Um, but I think Seth's universal champ, like he... I mean, he's literally, you know, the man, the the male face of this company. I think he has to be the flag bearer, similar to how John Cena always was. Although I don't think John Cena ever like went on Twitter. Could you imagine if John Cena went on a Twitter tirade? <laughs> yeah, you're not going to see that. Yeah, you think Cena does his own social media? Cena's got people, right? I think he does. I think now. I mean, I I, I doubt he's letting WWE touch his social media because he's doing all his own stuff. So I I think he's he's probably, the, yeah, yeah, he's probably got his own team. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I meant, yeah, it's not yeah. WWE. I was going to mean, it's not Cena sitting around today thinking like, what can I say that's sort of inspirational and inspiring and uplifting? And like, I maybe, don't think, you know, maybe. maybe, who knows? <sighs> he's just like the most positive guy on earth. I can't see him. You know, he, he's been doing those biggie, <coughs> biggie smalls uh, Instagram photos for like a year now, or maybe a couple of years. Uh, or he, every once a week, he photoshops Biggie on a, a Biggie Smalls, like classic Biggie Smalls photo. I can't picture John Cena in Photoshop, you know, like uh, finding a Biggie Smalls po- po- picture and then trying to find the right Biggie picture and, and, and putting it on there. So I'm sure that's somebody doing it for him. I don't know. I spent five minutes tonight uh, putting Baron Corbin's face on Colonel Parker. So, you know, mm. it's pretty easy on your phone these days. Maybe. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this because we have a couple minutes here. Some people in the chat are pointing this out. It's kind of to, to the point you were making earlier. It's about the lack of stars and star power, not in-ring talent. These guys, I mean, Ricochet is a great example of this. Ricochet, one of the best wrestlers in the ring, 
working today, but he gave that backstage interview tonight and cuts these promos and just something isn't quite connecting. I feel like you've talked about this before that they're not building stars. They don't want guys to be bigger than the company. They don't want guys to get too over. So they're not working with them. I mean, 10 years ago, you heard Freddie Prince talking about Freddie Prince uh, Jr. was brought in to, to, and part of what he did was acting coaching and worked with guys on their promos and how to do interviews and how to get more over and be more charismatic. I don't feel that sort of level of effort coming through with this talent, even the loss of talking smack, you put a mic in front of these guys' faces, and Ricochet, again, good example. I don't mean to harp on him, but you could tell, like, okay, this isn't polished here. Well, yeah, because you're not when you when you can't cut your own promos, right? And and here's one thing. WWE is trying to follow Hollywood. And but in Hollywood, you have the writers create the characters in their heads of what they want, right? And then they have actors audition to fill those characters. You're not doing that in wrestling. It's not like in wrestling they come up with a character and then they're auditioning wrestlers. They should to be totally there. do that. They should absolutely do that. And they can, but they're not doing that. So what? And that's going to be hard to do because we're going to find all these talented wrestlers to fill these roles. So what they're doing is they're taking these guys and trying to right for what they should do so it's kind of backwards and it, it doesn't work you know you got to let these guys they know them because basically they're themselves you know amped up whatever you look at mjf um you know that's all him you know he's just amping up his personality and his promos but you know that's him it's it's he's not trying to act like someone and so until they allow the guys to start doing that you got writers who you know, are writing for this, a bunch of different guys and with these interchangeable prom promos. So none of them stand out. And once you guys, once you give those guys the freedom to really stand out on their own, uh, I think you can start seeing some big improvements in the product. WWE for media doesn't even really put wrestlers out in character. I mean, look at what MJF has done in all his media appearances where he's just really taking the gimmick up to 11. Oh, yeah. and we interviewed him last week on the Winkly and he, uh, he, he didn't drop it at all. <laughs> yeah. But then you have Charlotte and Rhonda and Becky go on ESPN together and there's just no heat between right. them there. They're just all putting over the women's division and the WWE. And that's on them. Uh, I, I'm not blatant. I'm not saying that's on them as in a blaming way. I just mean like that's their choice. Like they choose to do that. If you remember Neville, when he would do media appearances, he was just a prick. He would he would maintain that heel persona outside, even when he was doing WWE media. So, uh, you know, it's how, it's how the wrestlers want to take it. And I think for Charlotte, she, you know, the the storylines end as soon as she leaves Raw and and you know on Instagram and everything she's uh, the nice Charlotte. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's true. A lot a lot of wrestlers don't keep kayfabe on social media. Right. Some do. I thought it was good when Becky and Ronda kept that up, and the, that was probably the best part of the build to WrestleMania. And that was on them. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's it's it is, still comes back to creative though. I mean, granted, there's that X factor, that star power, which can be transcendent. Yeah. But I don't know. No one's uh, with the exception of Bray right now. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to, to look at the, it's easy to say like, look, there's no one on this roster. That's going to be like the rock or stone cold, Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan. It's easy to say that, but if you had rock stone cold and Hogan in this atmosphere with these scripted promos and, you know, being given what they're given, I don't know how far they would have gone in this, you know, in this culture. So, um, we just don't know if if there is a superstar in in the midst that we just don't see yet. 
because they haven't been, you know, they haven't been allowed to to cut loose. Well, I think that's part of the thing. I mean, I think that's why, like we talked, we've talked about the through line in recent weeks. That's why we put our, a lot of our hopes and dreams of the future on this Firefly Funhouse thing, because if that works and gets over, we will see more big swings be taken. We will see more investment in characters and story building. And I got to assume that Vince wasn't very hands-on with the Firefly Funhouse uh, vignettes. Um, and, you know, they yeah. had they had their own crew. I don't know if Vince was or wasn't. My guess is that he wasn't. Um, and if he wasn't, that just shows you know where the creativity can go uh, without Vince in your ear. And if he was, well, a broken clock is right twice a day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Vince, you know, <laughs> he gets a lot of crap right now. <laughs> he, yeah. he did create this universe, basically. Uh, you know, I mean, like not created, it, but he took yeah. it to a, a whole new level. I mean, I know it's easy to be dismissive of it. I'm not a fan necessarily of the main women's title and the main men's title being combined into the same match. I, again, I'm kind of morbidly curious, but yet kind of excited to see. I'm excited to see what Lacey and Corbin do. I think Seth and Becky fawning over each other, that I don't really care about. But I think there could be something there. I think Lacey, as the guest ref in that match last night, kind of seemed really dumb and out of place at first. But as the match went on, I dug it. I I think this step is stupid, <laughs> you know, with uh, both titles being on the line. It reminds me of WCW when they were kind of starting to lose their way and they would have like singles matches for the tag team titles well, or, you know, it, uh, it just made no sense. Well, to that point, David Arquette is a much better wrestler now. He is. Yeah. Why not bring him in? Because he's still not, you know, he'd be the biggest well, name in the why, company. Why bring him in? Yeah. Be the biggest <laughs> name on the active roster. Um, Okay, we should wrap this up. Raj, what's coming up on the website? Uh, interviews with Jeff Cobb, Conrad Thompson. Uh, and uh, there's one I'm really excited about that we're working on right now. Hopefully that happens in the next couple of days. So uh, we'll let you know tomorrow if it, if it happens. But uh, for old school wrestling fans, it, it'll be a real treat. Cool, man. Uh, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein, where I live tweet along with WWE programming and show off these stupid images and logo hacks and memes that I spend way too much time doing while I'm watching WWE programming. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow night for SmackDown Live coverage. Until then, everyone, take care, and we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast.